Hi, welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Wentz Wagon, uh, where we're going to dive into this previously uh, Eagles draft from Thursday to Saturday. And I mean, first, Joe, um, how you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. The weather's been getting pretty nice out. Obviously, you still have to stay uh, six feet apart, which is also a great song by Luke Combs, by the way. So check that out. Anybody who hasn't, uh, throw in a little uh, shout out there. But um, it, it's been nice weather, so that always helps. So doing pretty well. What about you? Yeah, doing very well. Thank you. Uh, again, just plugging on. I know you're plugging along in my schoolwork. I know you're in the same situation. Coming down to these final weeks before finals, so it's kind of getting hectic in that sense but glad i can still jump off uh, the schoolwork for a little bit and get these done because i always enjoy doing these uh these uh podcasts yeah yeah same here especially because i've been busy when we've been trying to do our other podcast the past couple times with stuff that's been uh let's just use the nice word of pissing me off um to <laughs> uh so that that that's uh that's been that's kind of been the case with some stuff, but uh, other stuff's been nice, and it's nice that for me, uh, with undergrad, for people I don't know, I'm in literally the last week, so that's yeah, nice. Well, good, good luck with your work, and um, I'm sure you'll do fine and get done in these uh, next few weeks, but just keep plugging away. It'll all go away soon. <laughs> yeah, um, unless if I go to study in grad school, but that's a different story for Life in Quarantine podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, grad school is grad school is uh, interesting. A lot of papers, so if you like to write, you'll be fine. But let's let's get into the draft. Uh, we went into the draft with seven picks, but Howie Roseman, being Howie Roseman, comes away with some extra picks, uh, kind of wheeling and dealing late in the draft, and turns out with ten picks. And uh, let's just start real quick. Round one, pick twenty-one. You go with Jalen Rieger. Round two, we got Jalen Hurts. Round three, Devion Taylor. Round four, we ended up with two picks. We had Kevon Wallace mm-hmm. and uh, Jack Driscoll. Round five, we got John Hightower. Round six, we got Sean Bradley, Temple guy. Uh, another round six, Klez Watkins. Another round six pick, Prince Tega uh, Wanago or Wanagu. I don't know if you know how to say his name. And I then know round how seven, to say his last uh, name, but I know exactly two. who you mean. Yeah. What was that? I don't know how to say his last name, but I know exactly <laughs> who you mean. The tackle from Auburn, yeah. yeah. Tackle from Auburn, and then round seven you go with Casey uh, Tuhill from Stanford, uh, line, outside linebacker. So to start, uh, a lot of debate going on between who we should have went with in round one, uh, Jalen Rieger or Justin Jefferson. I know some people wanted to trade up, but let's dive into. They stuck with twenty-one. What do you think between the two picks of Jalen Rieger and Justin Jefferson? Are you worried about it? Do you like it? Or do you hate it? Well, I think. Justin Jefferson, the thing is, he was more of the guy that was the sure fire, can jump in right away, and you know he would be secure guy. Where Jalen Rieger, like when I've been reading NFL.com and everything, normally you see one of his comparisons is Curtis Samuel. That's a pretty solid comparison. Uh, other people have said someone like DJ because he's very good uh off the cut, he snaps off of a guy's hips pretty good and then can beat you with his speed rather than just being able to actually fake you out. If he doesn't fake you out, he can kind of just beat you out. But uh, that, for him, I think he might have the more upside in terms of his ceiling. But I would say with like floor, how they say the difference between ceiling and floor, the floor of Jefferson's probably going to be he's definitely going to be a good NFL player where there's a little bit more not definite with Jalen Rigger, but I would say his ceiling's higher than Justin Jefferson. Yeah, 
and honestly, we were both on it before, and I think we both like Justin Jefferson in that situation. But honestly, going back, I mean, you know what I said. The top, after the top three, they're all even guys. So I like the Jalen Rieger pick. I'm okay with it going over Justin Jefferson. It, it's a, I know it's a, it's a little bit of a chance pick, but who knows? They're both prospects, and who knows which one's going to pan out, and we'll, we'll see how it works out. But I, I'm okay with it. I know a lot of people think it's a stretch, and a lot of people hate on it, but I don't know. First you of listen, all, any of, we need to come up with a great nickname for this receiving court. Cause you 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 got you got John Hightower the other kid in the um I believe it was the fifth round but be it as it may the kid out of Boise and he's fast as lightning you traded for Godwin like someone's got to come up with some like fastest nickname for this receiving quarter because you're going all off of speed and just speed and Alshon Jeffrey if you keep him uh when. It comes back because Greg Ward ain't ain't a slouch in the speed column either. Even though he's more of a slot guy, he ain't no slouch. And that's my thing. You build a team at speed, and if you look at the the high powered offenses, that's what most teams are doing is building their team at speed. And that's why I think the Eagles went this direction. Mm -hmm. Like you look at the Chiefs, they're just filled with a ton of speed. You look at the Ravens with Lamar Jackson leading that team, and they got uh, Hollywood Brown last year in the draft. That they built their team through speed. That's the way. I, and that's just the way the game's going now, and that's why Hallie Roseman went with a bunch of these guys because you got Jalen Rieger, who yeah, he might not have the best forty time at the NFL draft combine, but on his pro day, he was a four two and a four two seven. So you got a very fast guy there. We all know how fast Jackson is, like you said. Like you said, we got High Tower, then we make the trade for Marquise uh, Goodwin from the 49ers. So I mean, this team is just filled with a bunch of guys that is gonna, I mean, run for days. And I mean, even the running backs. Look at Miles Sanders. We all know how quick he was last year. And then I don't know if you saw him, but the the kid from uh, UCF, uh, the running back that uh, is undrafted, Adrian Killens. He's I don't know if you watched any of his highlights, but I watched some of his highlights. He's really fast as well, and I like that undrafted signing right there because he might be able to come in and do something on special teams or something like that. And that's the other reason why I like Jalen Rieger because he can be a punt returner, and that's something we've lacked the last couple of years since Spoles has been getting hurt. So I mean, I, I think this pick's going to work out, and a lot of people are hating on it, but when it's all said and done, I really think it's going to work. Yeah, I think there's a good chance of it working out for sure because, like I said, and I think uh, you understand what I mean by the difference between like ceiling and floor, where um, yeah. his uh, ceiling's higher than JJ's, where Justin Jefferson's floor is, I don't have any doubt that he's going to be at least a solid NFL receiver. Jalen Rieger, because of something... Uh, inconsistency, we also play that too. When somebody says on draft night, like Stephen A. Smith said, He's a really bad, bad, bad quarterback play. That's when you know, like Stephen A. said, damn, that dude blows. Like, <laughs> like you did, you better not knew who the TCU's quarterback was before that, but you probably knew after that, and you knew that he was one of the worst quarterbacks in college football. Now, let me say he is a true freshman, so can this guy get better if they give him a chance? Yes, but I, I, I'm saying he still was not good last year. No, I agree. But moving on from that pick, let's just see what I know. I, I think I told you sleeper, but what I meant was, what's your favorite pick out of these? I mean, you can go with Jalen Rieger, the first round pick, or you can go with somebody else. But you got ten guys to choose from. Who, who was your favorite Eagles pick uh, throughout the draft? Okay, I'm gonna go with one guy, but I was gonna say my favorite round honestly was our fourth round. Um, picks. I just think we picked two guys that are going to be very helpful to our team in that round. But I do think Kevon, <coughs> excuse me, Kevon Wallace 
is a guy that will fit in well from Clemson, and you got him um, in the fourth, and he's a guy that seems like he's, one, great at blitzing as a safety. He's a guy that is supposed to be one of the most effective tacklers in the thing. I remember I wrote it in my notes when I was reading the thing on NFL.com. They called him a punishing striker looking to leave a mark. So that kind of reminds you actually of obviously, I'm not saying he's going to be anything close to Brian Dawkins, but from Clemson, it reminds you of a safety like him, a guy that's looking to just go through you um, and responds quickly to the quarterback's eyes and like reads everything very well. So for where you drafted him, I think he's a guy that can come in now and and fit in to your scheme and play a decent amount. And then he's just going to get better as time goes on, as long as you keep having good defensive coaches there to help him out. No, I agree with you completely. I love Wallace. I think that was my that's my favorite pick as well. I think I thought he was going to go higher than round four, honestly. So I think it's a little bit of a steal for the Eagles in that sense. Like you said, you can compare him to the Dawkins and the Clemson Clemson kind of situation. But I also love his experience. He's been in the college football playoffs. He's dealt with facing really good, talented teams. He's dealt with the competition. He was a captain on that Clemson defense as well. So he's got the experience of being a leader. And, again, that's something you want to replace. We lack that, replacing Dawkins. Then you finally get Jenkins, and obviously Jenkins is gone. So am I going to sit here and say, well, this is going to come in and be a leader first year? No, absolutely not. A fourth-round pick isn't going to do that. But in three or four years when this guy gets his experience and you get him, you re-sign him to after that rookie deal, that's when I think this guy can really become, show his potential and give us that leadership as well. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. So, and then the counter to that, we both agree on Wallace. What pick are you most scared about or you think was a waste of a pick? Okay, well, scared about a waste of a pick might be a different definition. Um, I started scared. Yeah, I-, I would say scared about might be more because like, I'm going to go with floor again. In my opinion, I think Jalen Hurts' floor is he's going to be a solid NFL quarterback, at least Dak Prescott. That's my, Now, that's my opinion. Um, so that doesn't concern me if he's going to be good. Where Davion Taylor, I think, was a reach. So I have a little bit more of a concern there because of size at linebacker position. He did play safety at Colorado so, well, he profiles more of a safety, but then the best linebacker you drafted in the draft is Sean Bradley, who is really solid, but he is a six-round pick, so you don't know if you how much you can expect from him. So he's the guy that I was a little bit surprised about since there were still other options on the board, and especially a little bit bigger options on the board, because Bradley profiles as the best linebacker we drafted. Taylor profiles more as a flex. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely in, in the sense of, so I'll use my two terms. If I'm going to go by ways to pick, I'm going Jalen Hurts just because, don't get me wrong, I think he's going to be a fantastic player and I think he's going to come in the league. But again, the obviously didn't need a quarterback. I know I said on our pre-draft one that I'd like to see him pick a quarterback in the sense of the fifth or sixth round and take a chance on Not waste a second-round pick when you could have got a linebacker like Zach Bond, Malik Harrison, et cetera, at that time, which would have been a better fit for this Eagles defense and Eagles team overall. Or at least another wide receiver like Denzel Mims that would have helped, again, Wentz's core. But I think – so I wouldn't say – I would say Jalen Hurts just because it wasn't of a need and there was other positions out there you could have got. Now, the pick that scares me the most, I'm going to agree with you on, 
uh, Taylor as well because, like you said, his size, he's kind of mixed between two different positions, between safety and linebackers. Like, which one of the Eagles going to use? And that's the sense of they're going to go. They got. They, I think they drafted him solely on his speed because he's. I think he ran the third fastest time out of linebackers. So we're even the defense are trying to build that uh, that speed. And I mean, again. So his strength would be his speed. He's explosive, but who knows how that's going to transition in the NFL? And I don't know about you, but I like reading all the NFL.com draft profile stuff. Yeah, their I strength, that, yeah. weaknesses, and stuff. If you go to Taylor, his first weakness listed under weakness is hasn't played enough football yet. And those those five words right there for a third round pick scares that's, scares me yeah. a lot. Like when your when your weaknesses hasn't played enough football yet and you're wasting it or not wasting it, when you're taking him in the third round it's like you probably could have waited a little bit before taking him and so we'll see how it pans out I'm excited to see his well, speed but again he scares me his NFL comparison is also Gerard uh, Cooper if you look at NFL.com who was not that great of an NFL player um, he was average he had I looked up his stats to pull it up he had 114 solo tackles in his entire career and he had a whole gap period. Like, he had, like, years that he just did absolutely nothing, really. So, he, w- so hopefully he pans out to be and, more than him. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, you look at some of these, like, so go to, go, his, go to one of his first strengths. Former track man with rare long speed and closing mm-hmm. burst. So, his strength is being a track because of his speed. It's not about that's why he right. might play safety. <laughs> so, now you're looking at, Transitioning to a guy from a linebacker who was playing college to safety, so when the Eagles are right there to win, I would have liked to see for like almost for sure guys. But you're talking about a project guy, which don't get me wrong, I got nothing wrong with project guys. That's something you do when you're trying to rebuild or kind of bring in players, and you're you're strong at that position. Linebacker is one of your weakest position. You lose a couple guys, and we'll see. Maybe they'll bring back Nigel Bradham. He's still out there, I believe. So we'll see how that pans out, but. To me, you needed a guy that can almost come in and make an impact right away. And some of his other weaknesses still scare me. Like, let's just say this lack of awareness and turns him into a block magnet. So, like, mm-hmm. I mean, those are like well, scary ones too. And another strength would be, um, let's go with able to range from uh, opposite hash and get in, in on the play. So, again, that's more of speed than anything. So he's able to track down guys, not necessarily to stop. The reason him. I think they got him is coverage too. Because we talk about how, when we were talking about Murray from Arizona, he's a guy that compared, some people said, to a trotter type, where in the current NFL, that doesn't necessarily play the best, unless if you already have coverage linebackers, because of the way offenses operate in today's game compared to before, where unless if you just have a bruising overall defense, it's probably not going to work old school anymore. So... I think they got him more for the fact that he has a chance to, like we talked about, ceiling-wise, become a very good guy because he can flex between safety and linebacker because he's that fast and good at coverage. And um, like they said, he fairly like he has a chance to really stick his nose in the play and, again, be a guy that's a striker when it comes to hitting people for his size. So that's a guy that I guess they figure can work well in coverage. But... It's the risk of, I would say, his floor is more of a below average any or NFL player where his ceiling is a steal. Exactly. I agree with you. But let's go to the other guy we were just talking about. And it's a huge controversy, obviously, with the fans. 
but what are you are you, are you a guy that's going to defend that second round pick or are you a guy that's going to hate on it or are you going to stay neutral and see the way they use him this season but I'm talking about Jalen Hurts what do you think about that pick was it dumb was it smart or what, what's your opinion well this is the problem with these picks and when teams that I like especially our teams but do this to me is I like certain players, so when they draft them, but I don't want them to draft them because we don't need them, it's like, well, I don't want to come off as insulting the dude while trying to say I don't think we should have drafted him. Um, So I'm going to say I don't think we needed Jalen Hurts and needed to draft Jalen Hurts. But with that being said, I think his prospect grade of like a a 6.14 or something like that is a little bit low, actually. I think he's a guy that has a very good chance, like I said, because if you're Dak Prescott, I would say uh, that's a little bit better than a 6.14 grade if that's your floor, because Dak Prescott's a pretty solid quarterback. And then if your ceiling is probably closer to Deshaun because of your running ability and all that, um, then that's obviously higher than a 6.14. So I have no concern that he's going to be a good quarterback because he also has shown he has the ability to step up and drive down the field in the most opportune time. Uh, I don't think we should have used a second on him. I think maybe if he was there in the third or the fourth after the second, people would have been more okay with it because then if you decided to scheme him in, because we do like to run some options at times where we actually ran the option more when Wentz would get injured with Foles just because Foles is a bigger body guy. So I guess thought Doug thought he could take the hits more where Wentz until recently hasn't got that great at going down before taking the hit um, until really last season. That's when he first showed that. So I think Hertz will be used for that. But in my opinion, you shouldn't have used a second. But I still think he'll work fine for the Eagles. It's just in what capacity is he going to work fine this year? Are you going to use him as a running back a little bit too, where he runs end arounds? Like, what are we going to? What's everything going to be? Yeah, that's my thing. I think there's other options. You one, you should have waited till later to get a guy like maybe uh, From or Eason, uh, or two. There's I understand wanting a backup quarterback, but there's guys in the free agent market or were. When you have the Saints who just signed James Winston, I would rather Winston, honestly. Because to me, a backup quarterback, you don't want a rookie in that sense. Like, say the same thing happens as last year. We get to the playoffs, Wentz gets hurt at some point in the game. Would you rather a, a veteran guy who's been there, like James Winston, Joe Flacco, or um, Cam Newton, or do you want a rookie, Jalen Hurts, who's never seen a, seen the NFL before? I mean, Actually, I take- if I'm going with Jameis, Jalen Hurts, <laughs> believe it or not, because I haven't seen anything from Jameis in the NFL to step up in big situations ever where I'm just going to go from in college, uh, especially this year when he went to the Sooners, um, Hurts showed the ability to step up in those big situations. And also, like, everybody worried about his throne, but I believe this year his throne was in the top, um, like, 60% for his completion percentage, right around uh, 70, I believe. Uh, I, I'm going to look that up and check on that, but I believe it was a right around there because he, he's got even better, especially since he went to Oklahoma, where him and Burrow both had their best throwing seasons. So I don't think that's a huge concern, in my opinion. I just think it was more, like you said, and I, and I said before, where we picked him. It wasn't 
if we should have picked him. Some people had us picking him in mocks, but it wasn't in the second. Yeah. No, again, and I, I agree. It's just where you picked him, there's better options out there. I think that's what brings it to, to the most scary part of it all. But I mean, we'll see. I think they're going to be using like a Taysom Hill-type style uh, quarterback almost. Um, they're going to really try to mix in a lot of things and keep Wentz off the field in some places. To, I think they're worried about his health, so they're going to kind of try to limit his snaps at some point. And then That's the other thing with Hurts. He's a guy uh, for his size, is um, built pretty decently, though, and is probably going to get stronger. So I think durability-wise, you might not have to worry about him that much, which is obviously something you do like in a backup quarterback. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. That's something we'll see about, and hopefully it pans out for the Yeah, we also have Doug Peterson, so I ain't really worried if we have to put in a backup quarterback. Because if you have a backup quarterback with that much athletic talent compared to uh, Nick Foles, who was a great passer, and I love Nick Foles, but, I mean, I think Doug Peterson can will probably get creative as hell and probably piss off many defensive coordinators um, <laughs> if we had to use Jalen Hurts as our starter for a period of time. I, I hear you. Um, so, so going to the next thing, what? who's going a broad NFL standpoint, not just the Eagles in a sense, mm-hmm. what draft, who do you think had the most successful draft or what draft scares you the most that's going to compete with the Eagles in terms of maybe stopping us from a Super Bowl, stopping us from winning the division or whatever? What? Whose draft scares you the most? Or I guess better just put it, who had the best draft in the NFL? All right, I don't know if they had the best um, <clears throat> draft in the overall NFL, but for their team that really hasn't seen anything since, I don't know, Peyton Manning left, um, I would say Denver finally has had a draft where they've shown that John Elway has his guy at quarterback, which is obviously Drew Locke, um, the, their second-round pick from last year. Because he's shown that by picking two receivers in the first two rounds, and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, not to mention two very good wide receivers. And then he picked, I'm not even going to try to say his last name, but that good cornerback from uh, Iowa in the third round, then a center in the third round because they had two third round picks, actually three, and then a D tackle. So talk about you're taking advantage of everything there. And then you got the tight end from Mizzou when I read about him, supposed to be a guy that can develop into a very solid all-round tight end. And then you just threw in Terry Cleveland as maybe a developing receiver. You picked a bunch of things to help your overall team, which already showed improvement once Drew Locke got put in and, only, and threw for seven to two interceptions and really showed the ability to move the offense. So I don't know if I don't know if I would say they had the best draft in the overall NFL, but the best draft for a particular team to vastly improve, I would say Denver had it because, in my opinion, they do have their young quarterback now to continue to develop with. So, That's a good one. They were on my list. Um, my, my my three I'd pick from are probably Denver, the Cowboys, and I really like the Raiders draft as well. But if I'm going to pick one. I'm going to go to Dallas Cowboys, I think. Again, they steal C.D. Lamb in the first round, and they get their cornerback in the Alabama guy in the second round. Then they get another corner in the third. Like they, to me, they just had a fantastic draft, and that draft mixed with what they already had definitely scares me. And I, I think that was the, the winner of the NFL draft. Yeah, that's a good point. The only thing with Dallas is with Trayvon Diggs, of course. A lot of us fans, because he's a former receiver and can track the routes well, being a former receiver, think he can convert well to corner in the NFL. Some scouts do not. 
they have concern on if that will translate into the next level. So they, you need to um, uh, worry about that aspect where I think with CeeDee Lamb, you don't have to. With Reggie Robinson, the guy from Tulsa, uh, you don't have to worry. Uh, he's a guy that's a solid corner as well. So the fact that they got two, I think, gives them the security blanket. And I think they did that because they know Trevon Diggs is a big hit or a guy that might just be an average or just decent uh, put-in corner for certain plays. Like a okay. decent scheme for I, I hear you. I just think, again, he, he, he did well in Alabama. He, and then the Tulsa guy got mixed. I they lost Brian Jones, and that's their point of replacing him. So it's going to be interesting mixing. He also got one of the better but, mid-round D tackles and Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma. So that's a that exactly. was a pretty good pickup for them to add to their defense, which of course was not that fantastic, and they lost people. So, mm-hmm. um, but but to reverse it, I'm going to go with the Packers for probably one of the worst drafts, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> to not get Aaron Rodgers a wide receiver was ridiculous with how stacked this wide receiver class was, whether it was the first or second round. But then you trade up to get, and I know it worked for him before, but you made the championship game last year. You need to improve your team, not, again, take a bunch of project guys. Um, but I think Packers. Packers were the Bears taking the tight end to give them 10 tight ends on the rosters. Those those were two of the tough drafts for me. Yeah. Yeah, well, the Packers, I mean, the pa- the Packers were weird because they haven't taken anybody. I think Nick Wright said this on first things first, but they haven't taken a offensive talent in the first round. I think they said since Aaron Rodgers, and the first offensive talent you take as a high grade in the first round is his replacement. <laughs> like so, that that's a um that's a big thing where if um. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I might, depending how this year goes with Matt LaFleur, be close to saying what he said, uh, where Stephen A. said like he said. Uh, eventually, you might have to say, well, you know, you can kiss it where the sun don't shine, and uh, I'm getting up and out of here, and you can go have Jordan Love as your quarterback. Have a nice day. Um, and have Aaron Rodgers go somewhere else which would then run roughshod through the entire NFL, depending where that is. But um, that, I think, could be a possibility, because I'm not sure if Aaron Rodgers is going to be so content as Brett Favre to just kind of go through three years. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see, because it's weird. Because they, then they pick back-to-back offensive weapons, but they picked A.J. Dillon, who in my opinion is going to be a good running back, don't get me wrong. I think A.J. Dillon's fine, the guy from Boston College, but you don't need, like, if you, like you could have still picked wide receivers at that pick in the second round. And because then, you, have Aaron, you have Aaron Jones, so. Yeah. And then um, Josiah DeGuara, he's kind of a hit or miss. I think I said his name right, the tight end from Cincinnati, because he graded as a high five. So that's kind of when you can kind of be a guy that hits and does well, or you kind of, don't do as well, but he's a guy that a lot of people think is at least going to be a great blocking tight end, but you want more guys to use his weapons. So I think that I agree with you. They did not necessarily draft wisely. I think, honestly, though, the funny thing is in this draft, out of all their picks, 
other than if A.J. Dillon becomes good. And then they, of course, picked Runyon's son, who people think can be a good late-round tackle. Uh, Jordan Love might honestly still end up being their best pick from the draft. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the fun. So, I like Jordan Love. I think it's going to be actually pretty good. I think he's better than some of the the other quarterbacks that were taken. And I, I thought he was going to go to the Patriots, honestly. I thought that's where Jordan Love was going to go. But the like, Packers ended up sneaking and uh, jumping him, so they got him on the draft pick. But, no, yeah, Jordan Love's one of my favorite quarterbacks in this draft. No. But Yeah, for sure. All right, moving, I guess – Moving on back, I guess, to the Eagles draft real quick. Not to go through any play, unless, I don't know if there's anyone else you want to hit on. And if you do, just put that in your grade as well. But what's your overall draft grade for the Eagles? I mean, we went through the picks and set our concerns on who, who, whatnot, and our favorites. So what is your overall grade? And if there's anyone else you want to mention, uh, feel free. Yeah. Well, first, I, I feel like, like I mentioned the two fourth-round picks. I like that we also picked the tackle out of Auburn who, again, uh, grades at a 5'8", so that's a guy that could eventually hit. Um, he's They have him as a backup to special team or to start, but uh, he could definitely come in and be pretty successful. From watching some of his film, it seems like he's kind of able to bully people pretty well. He's a pretty big guy. Um, so I think uh, he the big thing I like about him is we talked about with Taylor, lack of experience. This guy was a four-year starter. So he's gonna he has a lot of experience and he has great recognition on when to kinda just turn it into the like kick it into high gear as the expression basically um, <laughs> says. And uh he also has what they consider nimble feet and the ability to kind of slide as a offensive lineman, which is also to me points ding 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 ding. That's a perfect pick for the Eagles because the Eagles love offensive linemen that continue to get more athletic as they're on the Eagles and they put them in their like workout and diet regimens and what have you to continue to get them to work on their craft. So I think he's a guy that we might see as one of our tackles or guards of the future since he is bigger, so he could probably end up playing either. So to me, to me, uh, he was a good pick, which the reason I would give our overall draft probably still... I would say a B. Uh, I would I would keep us at a B uh, because Taylor being a reach and Jalen Hurts pulls us down. But the reason I would give it a B still is because Rager, like I said, his ceiling's really high. Jalen Hurts' ceiling is really high, so I guess if all hell breaks loose, hopefully it doesn't. But if all hell did break loose and he did hit his ceiling, we would be fine at quarterback no matter what. Um... Kavion or Kavon Wallace, excuse me, again, very good. I like Driscoll. Hightower is a speedster that can also be good. Sean Bradley, to me, could end up being a steel six-rounder. I don't know if you've watched any of his film from Temple, but he's another guy, loads of experience, a leader, great leadership ability. Uh, he was a captain there, I believe, for a while, so uh, he's a guy that can blitz from that position. And then you added Quez Wallace, again, more speed from Southern Mississippi. So all that put together, I would still give it a B because I think the last day we had was very good, and we're known for being actually later in late or better in late round picks, excuse me, than actually earlier round picks with Howie Roseman. Oh yeah. Um, 
So no, yeah, I agree. We 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 struck gold, or we might strike gold in that third day. I think the third day was very good. You pick up Wallace, you pick up Driscoll, uh, the high tower. You got a lot of potential that third day. I think the first two days really hurt, um, and that's sense. And I'm gonna go with the C plus. I think Jalen Hurts was. I'm still not a fan of it. I, I've kind of started swinging to the other side a little bit, not much. Uh, just listening to other people talk, and I, my brother was kind of convincing me a little bit. But overall, I still don't like the pick. I think he could have went many different directions. I, I think Taylor, again, he might turn into a great player, and he very well might. But I think it's a huge reach, a huge project for a third-round pick like that, especially after not getting one in the second round where you could have ended up with a Jalen Rieger and a Zach Bond and Malik Harrison type, type first two picks, and then did whatever with that round three. But it turned out with Taylor instead of one of those guys. Um my favorite draft pick in this whole thing, like I said, is Wallace, which is great for the fourth round, but you, you would think it would be higher. Um, Sean Bradley, yeah, I think he has potential. I like some of his highlights, but he's still he's going to be a work in progress. Um, down the road, this this draft might turn out to be fantastic, but I think with all the game, all the names listed right now, you're looking at one, maybe two, really making a difference on the season. And I think that's what bugs me the most is you should have came out with more guys that can impact this team right now for how good you were last year and how good people project you to be. And I think you got a bunch of guys that are going to be could be good players down the road. But I think the best way to put it is when it comes to this season, who's going to help the team? And you're looking at Jalen Rieger, obviously, but besides that, maybe Wallace impacts him this year, but even that, I wouldn't expect his impact to be farther down the road, so I'm going C+. Yeah, well, another thing, I don't know if you knew this about um, Sean Bradley, I wonder if the Eagles picked him one, in my opinion, because Taylor needs to develop more side, Bradley's already at 6'1", a little bit more of a linebacker size, obviously, um, and a little bit more grown in to his body as a three-year starter. What impressed me with him is also his tackle rate was 65%. So, like, he's a guy that I think could become a good six-round um, six pick because you had a guy that's uh, just a very solid guy that could become even an elite tackle, and you don't normally forget how to tackle going to the next level. You just might not be the best coverage guy, but they said he's adequate. So, But, he, but what I was going to say is he had actually has some – fake punt production and running back carries at Temple also. So I wonder if, um, because Doug likes getting creative as hell, you're ever going to see um, Sean Bradley come in on offense and you're going to be like, wait, why the hell is Sean Bradley? And then the defense is going to be thinking the same thing. And then <laughs> and then you're going to run like some crazy-ass play and then it's somehow going to work. Because that's definitely an interesting part of that pick. But in my opinion, a hot take, though, I think he has a better chance to start at a certain point at linebacker this year just because he's already closer to the size of an NFL linebacker than Taylor, who probably has more of a chance to be put into flex packages because he still has to grow. He's so uh, small and needs to get stronger. Otherwise, he might get uh, injured too much if you throw him in too much as a youngster. Yeah, I agree with that, and we'll see how this uh, lower-level off-season goes with all the virtual stuff, and obviously it's going to be late to the, the camp stuff because of everything going on with the pandemic, which gets me to the next and final point would be, I don't know if you saw the NFL potential plan that they might they might get into if this doesn't get better, and that's starting the season about five or six weeks late instead of a 
September kickoff, the regular season. Think about October kickoff, you get rid of the Pro Bowl and maybe even get rid of some bye weeks. And then the Super Bowl would be like February, end of February. I think it's like February 28th, I read. Uh, and obviously potential, maybe no fans to start the season or whatever. But I want to get your thoughts on that. I mean, does it really would it matter to you for starting the season five weeks late? Do you think that would be beneficial for some of the players to maybe force some workouts if you push the season back? Or would you rather see a lightened training camp and lightened workload in the offseason and start normal time? Uh, well, first of all, of that, oh, my God, we're getting rid of the Pro Bowl. I'm going to cry myself to sleep tonight. <laughs> um, I sense some sarcasm. So, that that to me has no matter whatsoever. I think that game's a waste of time at this point. It's not even an all-star game. It's more of just a party. Like, the Pro Bowl's literally just a big party. Honestly, at this point. Nobody cares about the game. The players don't even care about the game. If there's a fumble, everyone just looks at it until one guy <laughs> decides to come in and pick it up. So that game is the most meaningless all-star game in all of sports. Um, but I would be fine with starting it a little bit later because also how everything's expected to line up if other sports are expected to come back in June, somewhat optimistic at the end of June, if you go in, a lot of those are expected, like hockey already said, they might start in December. So basketball is expected to start later. too. So if you're starting later, you're still starting before them, most likely. So it still kind of lines up. So I don't think you have to worry about that for TV ratings that much either. So I think they would be fine on that aspect. And on the fan end of things, I think people would be fine because if you are someone that likes all the sports like you and I, um, you're able to watch stuff, especially into the summer, that you're normal ne- normally never able to watch, uh, assuming they're able to figure this out and it's getting more optimistic now with these leagues coming back. Uh, you would be able to watch that. I think waiting until October would be a little bit easier because of that also. No, and I agree. I, agree. I think um, I'd be all for a later start just because I think with the rookies, it's important to get them some time. But not only the players, I think you don't want to force a training or rush a training camp just because they use it to kind of get in better shape and stuff. And I feel like if you kind of force a start in September, you're going to see a lot more injuries. So I'd rather extend training camp, give them what they need in the offseason, and that way everyone comes in healthy and you'll see less injuries, in my opinion, than if you if you rush it and do something wrong like that especially in a sport with all all this contact and everything and that way some of these rookies can still learn some of the playbook stuff and everything so i think it'd be beneficial for the league in terms of everything honestly revenue uh, injury uh, preventing injuries and i know that's obviously a big topic in the nfl now so i think everything would just work better in that sense if you take your time don't rush it back take the october start and get a real training camp in there yeah no i th- i think that's definitely needed because you don't want to football is a, a big sport you do not want to rush. I 100% agree with you. It's all, it's all about the uh, contact and who's the stronger person on the field, per se. So you definitely don't want to rush uh, those people back. It, it matters the most in uh, that sport. But I was just curious. Um, I would assume it's probably Jordan Love for you. But who was your most surprised overall pick rather than just um, the Eagles? surprise pick I was just curious if you had a yeah I think Jordan Love is definitely up there um 
Jalen Hurts is honestly up there for most surprise pick. I, I I thought no chance would that happen. No chance. Um, I wouldn't say it's most surprised because the, the big three were kind of always talked about. I was a little surprised Henry Ruggs went first out of all the receivers. I know Judy was kind of dropping with a potential knee injury, and but I thought Lamb would at least went. Uh, so that pick really kind of surprised me a little bit. Again, the Bears won. I'm getting their tenth tight end in this one out of Notre Dame, especially right after signing Jimmy Graham and cutting Trey Burton. You thought there would no chance to go tight end, but overall, I gotta go Jordan Love or Jalen Hurts because, I mean, again, at least the Packers sense Aaron Rodgers is kind of older, so you know he's gonna be retiring soon. So, again, they're gonna try to repeat the Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers history, um, or the Drew Bledsoe to Tom Brady, uh, etc. Uh, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck kind of stuff. But yeah, again, the no wide receivers from the Packers. That surprised me. So, yeah, going to in love. But, again, uh, Jalen Hurts might be the most surprising pick in the draft, honestly. Um, so I'm, I will go Jordan Love, though. I'm going to go Jordan Love just because of his first round. No, Jalen Hurts might honestly be, be it. Yeah, you're right. But I was going to say, though, I love Aaron Rodgers. Well, I love Aaron Rodgers, but I was going to say I loved Brett Favre and the way before Mahomes and Wentz's came to the league, he could shift his feet and do everything. But at times, he would throw a decent amount of picks. Like, he had an 18-18 and 18 season after they drafted Rodgers. And then he had, like, low 20s and then 18 interceptions again. Then he had a very good last year when he got, I think it was to the conference championship, and then left. Um, so they they had a guy that did sometimes, was prone to have seasons he threw more picks. Aaron Rodgers hasn't thrown double-digit picks since, I believe, it's 2010. So I don't know what... Like, that's the big difference for me where that's like drafting. <clears throat> like, I understand the Patriots even got guys behind Tom Brady. That was some people's argument. But that's because that's also Bill Belichick, who's like a sleuth and knows he's going to get something for that somebody if he doesn't want them eventually. Where not every other team is anywhere close to being as good at doing that. So, exactly. that that doesn't play as well because if Rodgers wants to play into his 40s, Aaron Rodgers is already most likely the best quarterback you've had over um, Bart Starr and over Favre and over other people in your history. So if he does good for a couple years, and the only reason people might not have him is that is because he wasn't put in the best positions to win championships after the one. So... The are you seriously going to take him out for Jordan Love if he has back to back great years in his contracts up? That that doesn't that's not necessarily the best look on a organization when he if he say dominates these next two years. Hell, say Rodgers is in top six in the MVP these next two years, you're just going to be like, yeah, you know, what? we're going to move on to Jordan Love. It's like, oh, really? Like, yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. That's what's interesting about it. Uh, I don't know the direction they're going, and they got him no help, and that was one of their biggest weaknesses. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Now, I do need but, to ask you, though, before we move on from the podcast, a problem in my head, as a potential hot take since I've seen it on some forums about the Eagles. Wentz obviously has had those two seasons. He's had the big freak injuries and then has been – decently healthy those other two seasons obviously but then he got injured for the playoffs do you think Jalen Hurts is also a security blanket for say if the next couple years Wentz continues to get injured in crunch time you eventually just move from Carson Wentz and hope Jalen Hurts hits his ceiling 
and doesn't become Dak Prescott. Well, if he becomes Dak Prescott, that wouldn't be the end of the world, but hits his ceiling. Um, sorry, can you repeat that last part? Uh, would you expect that if Carson Wentz continues to have durability issues in terms of especially getting injured around crunch periods, uh, rather than in the two seasons he had the freak injuries, would you expect Jalen Hurts' pick to also be a couple years down the line, no matter what Howie said after the pick, a security guy to potentially just trade Wentz and hope Jalen Hurts hits his ceiling? I think they're in on Wentz. I mean, I think they're scared about the health and all those concerns. I think in a way it is a security blanket, but I think it's Wentz's job to, to lose even down the road. I mean, I think he'd have to get hurt almost every year if they're going to eventually replace him. Um, again, he got hurt last year on a freak accident. I think some of the injury-prone stuff is overblown. I mean, he's, he played a full 16 uh, in his uh, rookie season. Uh, he They kind of rushed him back into that second injury uh, then to, after the Super Bowl. So I think he kind of got rushed back in that sense. Last year he looked fine until, again, he looked completely fine until he gets a cheap shot at by Clown in the back of the head. So I don't really think I blame him. for You can't blame him for that one. So I think, I think he'll play a full season next year. I think he'll be fine and it'll all work out. But I think, like you said, I guess it's technically a security blanket, which is funny because Jalen Hurts gets hurt as well. I mean, that's why he lost his job in Alabama is he got hurt to be hurt, and that gave Tua the chance to prove himself. Well, yeah, prove himself. although it's not like Jalen had a – that was his one big injury, though. After that, yeah. he showed durability in Oklahoma, obviously running the ball and taking some hits. So Yeah, that's uh, my point. Wentz showed that durability last year to me. I mean, he was scrambling at times and stuff, and he took a lot of big hits at times. And, I mean, that's why I think some of the Wentz stuff is overblown just because it was back-to-back years in the sense of, again, but he was kind of rushed back and he couldn't do anything, so he, he got beat up like that. But last year he was mobile by the end of the year. He was moving. And, again, he got hurt on a freak freak play that, I mean, a lot of people a lot of people say it's a dirty play. So, I mean, Clowney knew what he was doing when he's trying to get him out of the game, so they have the edge there to win a playoff game. So, again, I think the win stuff is overblown a little bit, and we'll see how it works out. But I'm going to say it's, it's all Wentz. It's, Wentz will be the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, five years from now. Yeah. I, I would agree with you, and I, and I only see it happening if he continues to get injured, especially if he continues to get injured when you most need him and then say your backup, who's now Jalen Hurts, steps in. And does well like Nick Foles. That's the only way I see I see it uh, happening because then at that point you would probably expect him to hit his ceiling if he keeps stepping in in clutch time and um, filling in well for you. So, yeah, but hey, go ahead, sir. No, no, no. I was just gonna say as one more um, wrap up topic because we were on the topic of quarterbacks. Cam Newton, we mentioned uh, Jameis Winston, but he, of course, probably went to a good situation for him in New Orleans, who has great, obviously, coaching for quarterbacks. So that's a good situation for him to be for a year. But Cam Newton's still out there on the market as, obviously, a way more than optimal quarterback. Um, So do you think it's going to be until someone gets injured he gets signed or he's actually going to be signed before the start of the season? I think Cam Newton will be a New England Patriot by week one. I think that's going to be his best fit. They're, they're stuck with, uh, uh, blank on his name, but I, well, it's, uh, Southern, um, 
they he's not anything special. I think the Patriots know that. They're just trying to wait as long as possible to let Newton's value drop even more, get him on a cheap deal, and then Cam Newton will possibly take them New England Patriots to the playoffs. Yeah, well, with the Patriots, I don't know if there's really a, a possibly in there because if you look at their – they were talking about that on um, when I was watching uh, FS1 too when you looked at their Vegas – Put him at, I think, nine and a half, Kevin Wiles was saying, because he's a Patriots fan. Um, and he he expected him to hit that, and that's with Brian Hoyer and Jack Stidham. So if they, if, if, they, if they get Cam Newton, they should be able to hit nine wins and potentially go to their double-digit usual win totals because you have Cam Newton. And if you're projected at nine and a half with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer, no offense to those two individuals, Cam Newton at one time was regarded as one of the top like three quarterbacks in all of football. So I have definitely more confidence they're going to get the double-digit wins, which scares me because I also like watching Cam Newton, but I hate the Patriots. So I, I'm in like that Nick Wright dilemma where it's like, well, I don't know what to do because I don't really want to cheer for Cam Newton if he's on the Patriots because I hate the Patriots. <laughs> so that, but I agree with you. They're his best fit. I just wish it wasn't, or I wish maybe for one year, because they said, especially with his developmental curve, a uh, Herbert sitting a full year might be the best for him. Um, if you got someone like Cam for one year to help him develop, and then you just had a great three-person quarterback room with him, Tyrod, and uh, Justin Herbert, and then you just let Tyrod go right back to being the backup after one year. That's the other um, thing I could see being the case since he was seen working out with Tyrod Taylor uh, in the offseason, even though those ru- that people said that that was just rumors he might go to the team, but obviously they did make a relationship, so that's a positive. I hear you. I think nine wins without Cam Newton is a little bit high. I think Buffalo is going to be really good this year. So I, without Cam Newton, I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo swept New England. I would pick Buffalo as of now with the rosters to be the AFC's favorite. But we'll see what happens in the rest of this offseason. Yeah, yeah, we certainly will. But I, I don't know if you have anything else you want to mention. But if not, you can just give us give us your Twitter handles um, and anything else you want to want to say on any other podcast you do. Or if you want, if you want anything else, I don't know if you have anything else, but just go ahead for whatever, whichever. Yeah, well, our um, my Twitter handle is at jjbor twenty six. Our podcast is true underscore Philly Sport, and also for like all our other podcasts, uh, eventually we're gonna have an Eagles bracket together for the Eagles of the best players in our lifetime, and we'll go over that a couple rounds at a time on each, so that's something I wanted to point out here, and then Andrew, I'll turn it over to you to give your Twitter uh, accounts and any latest thoughts. Yeah, uh, my personal Twitter is AJ underscore Santangelo. Um, like Joe said, we have a, we have a Twitter on uh, on this one as well, and that the Twitter for this podcast is uh, true, T-R-U underscore Philly Sport, and again, we obviously know we have all the different segments. This one is uh, Wentz Wagon. Uh, and that's going to be it for this episode of Wentz Wagon, and hope you guys enjoyed the draft. Uh, I thought it went very well for the NFL overall, but again, 
true underscore Philly Sport is that Twitter handle. Let us know any reviews or anything, any way we can improve or any topics you might want to hear us talk about. And again, true underscore Philly Sport, and that's going to be this episode of Lens Wagon. Thank you very much, everyone, and have a great day. Yeah, have a great day, everyone. Stay well, stay positive, and enjoy. I hope you enjoyed Roger Goodell's cheesy humor as much as I did. Peace out.